Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Boom! It's official. We have a hype, hype intro. Hype video. If that doesn't get us psyched up and our, our listeners psyched up, I don't know what will. I'm psyched. Let's hit this. I'm psyched. All right, man. This week, uh, this is the Chad's ticked off episode, apparently. Um, we're going to talk about automation of marijuana, um, Indeed's time off promotion, uh, career builder getting sold, uh, the ladders, uh, a small site called Nymeria, Nymeria that got LinkedIn's attention, and uh, lots more. So stick around. But first, uh, we're going to go into a, a quick sponsorship advertisement. Recruitment is an interesting space. We all say we're looking for a cool, new, fresh source of talent. Meanwhile, we keep going back to the same old sites and sources again and again. So here's something you may not have tried. Beyond's Flex Plan. Beyond.com is a powerhouse with over 56 million job seekers and huge site traffic. They've helped thousands of companies connect with talent through job advertising, resume search, email marketing, text recruiting, and more. Beyond's Flex Plan gives you targeted exposure for all your jobs for one low, flat rate. Here's how it works. You tell Beyond how many jobs you have, and Beyond gives you one simple price to market all of your jobs in its diverse network. Beyond pulls the jobs right from your career site and uses an algorithm to target the right talent. No messy cost per click and monthly budgets and such. Just set it and forget it. And here's a Chad and Cheese podcast special. Try Beyond's Flex Plan Trial Package. It's a three-month, full-service trial at 80% off of their Flex Plan rate. 80% off. Just go to beyond.com slash cheddar to learn more. That's beyond.com slash C-H-E-D-D-A-R. All right, all right, all right. Now, Chad, I know you're ticked off, but I got I got something personal I want to let out. Something happy, something good. Yeah. Tell uh, me. I, I missed last week's episode because uh, my wife and I had a baby. We introduced, we introduced, we introduced uh, Jeremy Alexander Cheeseman to the world uh, last week. So I know you're ticked off. I want to get to that. But I just wanted to quickly uh, interject some happiness and some sleep deprivation. So this one's going to be a lot on you and your anger. <laughs> well, we are extremely happy. Little Axe, that's what I'm calling him, just because it sounds so studly, and he's going to be, uh, is, is in the world. So, uh, yeah, no, man, we missed you, but, dude, you, you, you had some things to do. So that's, that, that's awesome, man. We're happy Understood. for you. You guys, uh, Jimmy Stroud, uh, professional sorcerer extraordinaire, was on the phone, and, and you guys had he's some impressed. great stuff to talk about. This, the whole automa- automation thing um, is really, really interesting. Um, and I know that the, the news stories keep coming out on how robots are going to just put us all out to pasture, uh, and get us, get <laughs> rid of us of our misery at some point. But, um, yeah. I came across a story, uh, this past week about even the marijuana industry being affected by robots. Yeah. I mean, if we don't keep our eye on this, I mean, seriously, I, you know, last week we were talking about recruiters and sorcerers. 
and how automation, I mean, for goodness sakes, I mean, it's it, it could take sourcing pretty quickly. But then you take a look at the marijuana industry, for goodness sakes, and um, how Bloom Automation is automa- is uh, creating robots. Gotta love the name, <laughs> to- by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was very smart. Good good on the marketing chops. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting, and I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but uh, they, they call the uh, the individuals doing this job today because it's it is it is hard work they call them trimigrants because they're immigrants uh, that are trimming pot but uh, they they've come up with a new robot um, who can actually scan and do all the work um, of these of these immigrants today so again I mean all the way down to something that you wouldn't even think that a robot would be doing. You know, last week we talked about, again, recruiting, sourcing, uh, coders, truckers, drivers, um, you know, all, all the way through. And then we see, and then we see the marijuana industry, uh, is, is going to be, is going to be. I think we it. should interject that, that Chad and I know nothing about marijuana. And, <laughs> and the only thing we know about the industry is what we read, uh, today. But apparently this is incredibly hard work. Um, only immigrants want to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, this impacts both the illegal trade and the legal trade, depending on where you live and the Mm. whole process of, you know, separating the stuff you can smoke and the stuff you can't is incredibly difficult. So these guys have basically created a machine where you throw in the green stuff and the good stuff comes out and the bad stuff doesn't. Um, this is going to impact according to the story, tens of thousands of people who do this. Um, yes. every, every summer or whenever, I don't know what season they grow pot, I guess it's all the year, but, um, this is going to impact a lot of people, uh, both legal and, and illegal, I guess, uh, immigrants, but we'll put people out of work. Um, nonetheless. Well, what gets me is the, the founder and CEO of bloom automation had the goal to say this. We're not aiming to take anyone's jobs, just improve the efficiency and alleviate a significant pain point. Dude, you're full of shit, okay? What you're doing is you're looking to provide a product that is going to take human jobs. It's all there is to it. And you're going to make money from it, right? So don't try to cover this up with, we're not trying to take jobs. Dude, you're going to take jobs. You know you're going to take jobs. You're trying to sell machines that make pot growers more profitable. And well, there's nothing wrong is. with that. No, there's not. Um, there's not. You know, according to the story, these these grower or the people who pick through these this greenery make between one hundred and three hundred dollars a day. Um, if I, if I remember that correctly, so yeah, if you can if you can spend, you know, I don't know how much the machine costs. It, I guess it depends grand. on how much. Yeah, so you can spend twenty grand. I mean, you'll make that up in a month or two if you're paying a lot of people to do this on a regular basis. Um, if I'm a pot grower, this is a no brainer. I'd, I'd much just, rather have a machine that does this than people. And the thing is, just don't bullshit me, okay? <laughs> I mean, come on. Say that this is what the industry wants and it needs because they're trying to grow their market. You're just trying. You're trying to to help efficiencies. I, I totally get that. But when you say when you say we're not trying to take anybody's jobs, come on, man. That's just that's a load of crap. It's PR, baby. You know, you know how this works. It's bullshit. All right, moving on the the the, the peeved off Chad, um, who's already given us an explicit rating on this uh, podcast within the first <laughs> five minutes. Uh, Indeed, did something that that made you a little upset too. What they do? Seriously, okay, so Indeed, they 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 actually do research. They did a survey that found that half 
of full-time employed adults don't use up their vacation. And they put this out there, right? And then what do they do? They spin and say, what we're going to do is we're going to provide unlimited PTO, which is a win for everyone. Okay, come on, man. You just said that first and foremost, the employees aren't even taking their leave as it is. And then you want to say that unlimited PTO is the way to go. I mean, it's it's a bullshit smokescreen. It's more PR and really what it comes down to, if you're in sales, if you have unlimited PTO, do you think you're going to take unlimited PTO? No, because it all depends on what your goal is and hitting that goal. Do you think you're actually going to take that vacation if you're not hitting your numbers? Because if you do, you're probably going to be out the door. The same thing for anybody who, who's project-based. I mean, come on, man. This is just another yeah, I don't think it even. Bullshit. I don't think it stops it at people who are in sales um, or sort of um, performance uh, positions. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I, I speak I from experience um, working for a company that had a similar like, you know, you are, you're all adults. You know what is expected of you. You know what you need to do. Take time off if you need to. And there's really no set time. We'll just leave it up to you. And what ends up happening is everyone says, oh, that's great on paper, but it looks really bad because you want to look like you're working all the time. Yeah. So you don't want to take time off because people look at you like, oh, I didn't take any time off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't take, you know, I took two days off last year. You've already taken two weeks. So, th- so this sort of animosity internally takes place. And I've found that, you know, where I've worked where they've said, look, you get two weeks, you take it or you lose it is much better. Because you, it's easier to tell a coworker, oh, I've got to take this week or else I lose it, than to tell them, I'm taking off next week if they've only taken off, you know, a couple of days all year. Exactly. And, and again, you're right. It's 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 everybody throughout the organization. You still have projects that you have to, again, that you have to meet. And if you're not doing that and you're taking vacation, again, from, from personal experience, I, I've seen it. I've seen where leadership questions the quote unquote type of vacation a person takes, whether they're spending their week in their garden or they're in Cabo. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's all just PR bullshit and it's hilarious and total ir- irony that they announce that after they do survey results that demonstrate that we don't even take what we have right now. So, I mean, again, it's just a cloud. Yeah. And, and with, you know, working virtually, I think there's, I think there's less of a, a, a bore, a barrier to your mm. work contacting you if it's sort of a open-ended vacation, right? Like I think there's more freedom to bug you on vacation uh, when there's sort of an unlimited time to do it where it's like, oh, well, we're bugging you, but take some more time if you need it. Uh, whereas if you're off a week, like you're gone, like you can unplug and not feel guilty about it. I think oh, yeah. that you feel guilty about it if you leave and don't have the open channel of communication to your boss or coworkers, which really takes away a lot of your vacation. The whole point that you take time off anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. hundred percent. Agree. hundred percent. Do you think that leadership and I know you're pointing out indeed, but a lot of companies do this. So I'm not, obviously I'm not focusing on them. I, I just think that the whole issue in general, do you think that, do you think that leadership does this because they know that they're going to have workers taking less time? Like, do you think they're that sort of conniving and savvy? Well, first off, Indeed already knows that they're not going to take 
a ton of days off in the first place because they've got the the survey to prove it, right? So other companies, it's the same kind of scenario, not to mention, um, you know, when you're talking about trying to pull in uh, new millennials, right? Everybody's doing it. So we want to be able to try to pull in the the new the new cropping uh, and compete against Silicon Valley because that's what they're doing. Um, I think executives know that first and foremost, whether you're in sales or you have projects or you just have basic day-to-day work. If you need to get it done, it's got to get done. And you're not going to go on vacation if it's not getting done. Because if you do, you come back and you, you might not have a job. Good God, you brought up millennials. I'm not going to go there. You're going to get me as ticked off as uh, as you are. So <laughs> let's, take, let's, let's take a breather and uh, hear from one of our awesome sponsors. Yeah. America's Job Exchange is a market leader in diversity recruitment and an OFCCP compliance solution provider. We serve over a 1,000 customers, consisting of federal contractors and subcontractors, to SMBs and Fortune 500 organizations. America's Job Exchange specializes in job distribution to over 6,500 state one-stop career centers and community-based organizations, ensures the creation and maintenance of state credentials, obtains veteran preference on job postings, robust outreach management, and supports effective, positive recruitment efforts designed to recruit individuals with disabilities, veterans, women, and minorities. For more information, call us at 866-926-6284 or visit us at www.americasjobexchange.com. We love AJ, don't we? Yeah, hell yeah, we do. (laughs) So I don't think you talked about it last week, but um, one of AJE's competitors, uh, Joblink or something. Uh-huh. Uh, I know. I know you read about this. Uh, yep. AJLA. Their, their stuff got breached, and potentially millions of, of social security numbers and, and whatnot were potentially stolen. So if you if you're looking for a new compliance provider, uh, get yourself over to America's Job Exchange immediately. Amen. 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 All right, man. As usual, we're on Career Builder Sale Watch, and there was they've they've moved beyond tweets and speculation on Facebook to there's an actual Reuters report that a private equity firm, GTCR, who I've never heard of, yeah, uh, is an exclusive talks to acquire uh, Career Builder for more than one billion dollars. That's billion with a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is according to people familiar with the matter. Um, in what would be the latest uh, really online recruitment sector deal since Monster uh, last year. Any thoughts? Well, first off, if you're Monster, how are you feeling right now? Um, knowing what they, their their price tag. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from career builder standpoint, I think it's it's got to be pretty exciting for those guys. Um, I know that they've been up on the block for a little while. They've been pruning and they've been kind of, you know, trying to, trying to make sure that uh, they, they look good for investors. And that's a, that's a, that's a lot of, um, stress for an organization overall. So to be able to, to be down the road and be at this point, you know, seeing perspective, the perspective of light at the end of the tunnel, I think it's gotta be exciting. Um, not to mention, you know, going with an organization that is not as brick and mortar as some of the other organizations that have owned them over the years. 
Um, they haven't been as innovative from uh, really an ownership standpoint as I think this group could prospectively be. So um, I, I guess, you know, just kind of wait and see. But I know just from from talking to uh, some com- career builder contacts that are over there, they're they're excited. And I mean, you know, you've got really two things to, to do right now. You're either excited or scared. And I think at this point, uh, knowing that you're moving away from kind of brick and mortar to something more innovative, more fast paced and nimble, you know, I think it's a good opportunity and, and a good time to, to, to be excited. And I'm sure they're all being told nothing will change. It'll all be the same. Enjoy yeah. the Kool-Aid, uh-huh. uh, which may be the case. It may not. Um, but you and I both know that typically things change when new ownership uh, comes to town. Yeah. Now what, what I thought was interesting, um, and according to the Reuters report, uh, the the price tag is quote unquote more than one billion. Um, that's a really broad range. Uh, two hundred million or two hundred two hundred trillion is more than one billion. But uh, to your point, uh, Monster sold for roughly about five hundred million. Um, so this report alone says Builder is going to be worth at least double um, what Monster was last right. year when it was sold. Um, when Indeed sold. Three years ago, three four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the whisper number on that was about one point six billion. So I think it's 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 amusing to think if if Career Builder does go for one billion or right around one billion, and you throw in uh, Monsters five hundred million, mm-hmm. um, indeed sold if it's true for roughly the cost of both Career Builder and Monsters value. Yeah, yeah. Well, I it's. It's it's interesting to see um, the the differentiation between Monster and Career Builder, especially again from a price tag standpoint. You've got to be, you know, obviously Monster taking a taking a step back and going, man, you know, what 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 could we have done um, if we would have just waited? I mean, you know, there's always those questions. Um, but if I'm in Career Builder right now, you know, some of the things that I'm asking myself before they send Bob and Bob in, you know, the guys from Office Space to ask you what what you do here. Um, is I'm starting to get my shit tight, you know, yeah. I'm starting, I'm starting to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm not just adding value to the organization, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's proof behind what I'm doing. Cause you know, obviously I think, you know, I've, I've been a part of some of these types of conversations before and, um, yeah, as you say, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be great. I mean, that just lulls Carry you on. into, into sleep, right? Before they go ahead and drop you off the side of the boat. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think those who are excited, they've got a reason to be excited because, you know, they're, they're there and they're adding great value to the organization, but, uh, wait for Bob and Bob to come in the door with those matching suspenders. Yeah, and I think it's also noteworthy to say uh, or remind everyone that uh, LinkedIn was acquired for twenty six billion dollars. So, I mean, the the market is clearly saying we value people, um, you know, profiles and and interactions and engagement mm-hmm. than they do digital help wanted signs and helping you know employers do things more efficiently and, and more cost effectively. So well, we talk a lot about 1 billion and hundreds of millions, but you know, someone like LinkedIn really kind of puts this into perspective and yeah. saying what the value, what the, what the market really values in terms of a company. 
Well, and I think you take a look at Career Builder and Monster, right? And I think Career Builder has done, they haven't done a good job from a PR standpoint in being able to demonstrate that they do have technology to provide end-to-end solutions. Um, but they do. And they, I mean, they have a portfolio. They have one hell of a portfolio. Um, then you take a look at Monster. And, you know, I think comparatively, you know, they're lacking. Um, compared to obviously a, a career builder. So that's where, you know, I, I think uh, a career builder really wins out. And if they can get an organization in to help them build that, that portfolio, that end to end kind of executive premier suite of services, you know, they could, they could actually be competition um, for the LinkedIn's of the world. Uh, but we'll see again, time will tell. Yeah. And uh, so speculation around why uh, uh, Tegna is their owner and why they're selling CareerBuilder if they're such a profit machine, because <laughs> obviously if something is just killing it, why are you selling it kind of thing? And this isn't some startup ready to take the next level. This is owned by a big company that's been around a while. And the speculation that I've heard is that the company wants to focus more on sort of media properties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and selling career builder frees up some cash or gives them some cash to go after more, you know, media properties. I'm not exactly sure what that means. If it's streaming mm-hmm. stuff or, you know, buying uh, channel stations or radio uh, pr- uh, properties or what. But um, I think that also says what value Tegna, um, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, has in career builder and that they want to dump it to focus on media. Yeah. Well, and you also have to think of, in some cases, these things happen because uh, organizations are starting to be approached by other organizations. Um, being, you know, I was actually in an organization where they weren't they weren't really thinking of acquisition, but then they had five uh, different organizations that out of nowhere um, they they thought that the product and the service was was tight for the market. It was ready for the market. And uh, next thing you know, they were acquired. So, you know, market conditions, number one, not to mention interest in different areas will will definitely push a, an organization over the edge, even if they're not really ready to do so. Great timing, man. Good timing. Let's go on to uh, the ladders, who I know for some of you out there didn't know was still around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I guess some historical perspective on, on these guys, um, was founded in early, it was mid two thousands, early two thousands. And, uh, I'm kind of blanking on their business model, but it was basically job seekers paying to access like six figure jobs. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was mainly, uh, the opportunity for, you know, upper level execs, to be able to buy into a network of, of jobs and resources uh, that could help them, you know, uh, really, really get to the, the next job much quicker. Yes. And, and they, and they focused, I mean, it was, it was really interesting at first because um, you can build a model off of being kind of like that studio 64 was or 46, whatever it was model where it's like, no, you can't come in, but you can, but you can come in because you have the background that, you know, people, people want, but you can't. And that's, that's really how they built their model, um, off of that velvet rope kind of scenario. It's, it's the un, unpublished jobs. Yeah. Which, exactly. Which, which was the bullshit, dude. Well, a, lot of companies, bullshit. a lot of companies didn't want to post six figure jobs because every Tom, Dick and Harry, um, applied to it. 
fortunately, because of automation, um, those things can be weeded out. And, you know, the value of getting access to six figure jobs or filtering out the, the knuckleheads is a lot yeah. easier. And uh, so anyway, uh, Mark Sinadella, who was who was their founder, um, at least co-founder at the time, um, he left a couple of years ago um, to found an app, which obviously didn't take hold. Um, he was, he was pretty abrasive guy. A lot of bloggers didn't like him, you know, current company, not excluded. Um, and he was really brash and, and whatnot. And he left and he's back and I didn't even know he was back and, and neither did you, which is no, pretty amazing uh-huh. because, because the guy was aside from maybe Jason Goldberg at, at Jobster at the time was one of the more visible CEOs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's back. And they announced uh, this week a referral program. <laughs> Tell me if you've heard this one before. Uh, no, this is where, new. Where yeah. everyday folks can earn up to $10,000 by submitting qualified referral candidates to employers. Um, if you're going to make, if you're going to come back as CEO and make a big splash, this probably isn't it. Well, He's, I mean, he's, he's, he, he was back in 2015, right? So it's been a couple of years. If he was going to make a big splash, I think it, it probably would have happened. And it definitely would have happened before some referral network because this is overdone and it, it just doesn't work. I mean, it, it doesn't. We know that. And, and I mean, this is, this is what many organizations go by. They go off of, well, Research shows that referrals are the number one or number two source of hiring, which totally get. Um, but then you want to try to layer something over top of it to try to um, to try to leverage it even more. And what they're going to try to do, I mean, the ladders is higher level types of, of positions. Um, they're going to try to do this for more executive premier types of, of, of positions. And, um, if it's not working for your middle management and it's not working below, there's no way it's going to work on the, on the executive side. The, the first one I would, I would suspect, uh, that both of us remember is H3. Yeah. Um, jobs are to a certain degree. Um, this is a 10, 15 year old business idea mm-hmm. that looks fabulous on paper, right? Like a, a company, a company only pays, you know, if they get a higher, People are getting paid money who don't have anything to do with the company. Um, the 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 middleman gets paid by bringing the two together, and it just does not work. I mean, none of these companies. It's almost like the harmony of jobs, folks, <laughs> and it just doesn't. It might be a great idea, but it doesn't work. And I think it's just like I think internally, it's great. You know, if you tell your internal employees, "Hey, look, if you have a friend looking for a job, you think they're a fit, you know, refer them. We'll give you a little something if they last for ninety days." But if you want me to go looking for employees at uh, Lilly or Cummins or IBM or whatever, I mean, I'm just not going to take the time to do that. Even if I'm going to potentially get ten thousand dollars, it's a it's they have they actually have to get hired. They have to be there for a certain period of time. It's just not worth the pain to do it. So these things just fall on their face. It's a mirage, is what it is. And it and it always. I mean, okay, I don't want to say always. I don't want to say never. But it's a mirage. And it has been up until this point. Um, and there are many different reasons why, you know, referrals obviously work and being able to leverage re- referral uh, programs. Um, but this is a lot of carrot is what it is. It's like, hey, bring your...
bring your friends in $10,000. You get a, you get a nice big hit off of this. Um, but again, a, the, the numbers have been there before, like you'd said with H3 and H3 had a whole technology built behind this and it was pretty slick tech, but again, it, it's a mirage. In most cases, yes. Now, I will say, personal experience, I was paid a referral fee from H3 back in the day, but it was for a recruiter job, and I just happen to know a lot of recruiters. So it can happen, but it's a very rare. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. All right. So uh, let's move on to LinkedIn, uh, a company that actually matters. Um, <laughs> Uh, so LinkedIn is kind of swinging. It's is I won't say that swing. It's it's pushing. It's bullying some companies. Yes. Uh, this past week, uh, a little software software as a service provider called Nymeria was shut down essentially because of a cease and de- cease and desist letter from LinkedIn. Now, what Nymeria, Nymeria was doing was just like many of the others. Uh, that are out there, uh, a Chrome extension, people could go to LinkedIn um, or GitHub or some of the others and basically um, get an email address for the profile that was that was on that was on your screen. So basically LinkedIn, who makes a ton of money on in mails, basically charging people to email people uh, are are definitely threatened by this model because if I can just use Nymeria, and get the email address, you know, from a LinkedIn profile. I'm not even going to send an email; I'll just send directly to their email address. Um, so LinkedIn is on this sort of slash and burn carpet bomb uh, campaign of going after these little guys. And uh, a data miner, I think, is another one that they recently went after. Uh, they had a lawsuit uh, a few years back with Hiring Solved uh, that has since been, you know, um, sort of fixed. But LinkedIn clearly threatened. A lot of these services exist. Um, they're going to try to push them all out of business. I mean, is this going to, is this historically, this doesn't save companies, right? From innovation. Do you think this time's different? I I think they can only fend these, these types of organizations off for so long. And again, this has to do with innovation. It has to do with being able to, you know, again, they're they're not, they're not doing anything from my understanding against any of the terms uh, in, uh, of any type of agreements that are out there. So the way that they're accessing the information, they're not actually digging down into the technology and trying to rip stuff out. Um, and there are other technologies, which you and I are both familiar with, that are incredibly innovative, that are really efficiency products that can layer on top of LinkedIn. So instead of, I would say, instead of LinkedIn um, trying to bully these guys left and right, which there's going to be a lot of that that's happening as they grow um, even more product-wise, uh, they should embrace this. I mean, that's really what they should do. They should embrace this and see how they could prospectively leverage or maybe even um, acquire some of these organizations. So, I mean, it it just makes sense there. There's no reason to to try to make the these smaller organizations look like bad guys because, again, it they're not going in and actually ripping um, email addresses out of LinkedIn profiles. Yeah. And I think that LinkedIn would love the market to believe that they are getting uh, held up and mugged, right. uh, which, which is not the case. Um, essentially all this data is out there. You know, if, if you have joined clout in the past, if you're on, if you're on any kind of internet, you know, portal that's social, um, there's a good chance that your stuff is out there. And if, yeah. if your stuff isn't out there, 
there's a good chance that there is some sort of protocol by which a, a machine can guess what your email is. So if if you know bob.jones at companyname.com is in a few places, a machine can guess pretty accurately that your email address is, you know, jane.doe at companyname.com because that's the protocol with your company. So you know this this thing is something that's going to happen. Um, irregardless, there's a fantastic article um, on Huffington Post about can LinkedIn fend off all the competitors, and it, it, from from getting contact information to finding jobs to even I'd say we've talked extensively about recruiting automation. Yeah, um, does LinkedIn's value quickly you know go down? in light of all these new technologies, the things that they just can't stop. And, and I guess in great big company fashion, they're going to try to slow it down. They're going to try to squash some of the, the innovators right. out there. But right. ultimately, I think they're in a really tough position to maintain their, their leadership role. You, you know, if and, and I go back to the conversation that I had with the Gary Zukowski a, long, a while ago, and he was the founder and, and really the guy behind Tweet My Jobs. I asked him, I said, what happens if Twitter changes, you know, their rules and they shut you down? He said, I'm out of business. Um, but Twitter didn't. And the reason that they didn't is because they saw that this is an opportunity for that platform to be used by a community in more efficient ways to be able to get better content, to be able to get information to those people in different ways. Now, I know this is an entirely different scenario, but again, this is something that LinkedIn should really embrace. Um, they shouldn't, you know, they should be going away from the, the bullying and trying to, 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 to point and say, hey, these guys are, are, are pirating or they're hacking or whatever it is when they're really not. Yeah, I think, I think the counter to that is, is, is Facebook. Um, you know, Facebook's APIs, their development community, um, they less care about this stuff and they're, they're very vibrant. So uh, Twitter, yep. I'm not sure, is the greatest success story. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But 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 yeah, duly noted. And I, I think this will be an ongoing story of LinkedIn protecting its turf and will they be able to do it <clears throat> or at least stop the flow of innovation of competitors. All right, man. Um, let's go to a quick ad and we'll go to uh, rapid fire. We got some good stuff on um, Facebook, U.S. Jobs Report and all kinds of other stuff. Excellent. Want a productivity tool that you can provide to your recruiters that is easy to use and instantly eliminates the busy work of recruiting? making your recruiters two times faster on the web? Then you'll want to check out WebClipDrop, which is a browser-based productivity tool that your recruiters will love. Using WebClipDrop, your recruiters can instantly clip any profile or resume from any site online, and then they can drop that data into your applicant tracking system, CRM, or even send a clean profile URL to hiring managers for review, saving hours of copying and pasting data, or cleaning resumes for introduction. WebClip Drop can also find the email contact information for most professional contacts online, saving you thousands of dollars in fees for paper contact sites. There's much more this powerful and simple tool can do. Check it out now at webclipdrop.io and use the promo code HIREDAILY2017, no spaces, to get an exclusive offer only for podcast listeners. How apropos that we talked about LinkedIn and taking data and collecting data uh, effectively and, and web clip drop does the best job of that. So uh, go out and check them is, out. 
Amazing. Yeah. If you're a recruiter or a sourcer before the robots take your jobs, um, you want to you want to check this thing out, man, because from a from an efficiency standpoint man, the thing is friggin amazing. Yep. Brought to us by the guys who gave us jobs to web. Um, solid, solid. Go check it out. All right, man. Rapid fire. You ready? Bring it. Here we go. All right. Facebook is testing a slap killer for SMBs. It's free. Is it going to work? Yeah, you're, you're putting me to sleep, man. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you the whole mic- we, the we Microsoft Facebook thing. getting into this. You're going to poop the Microsoft thing. Yeah. The Microsoft thing. The, the, I mean, th- there's just so much of this that's happening right now. It just feels like a me too kind of scenario and Facebook's kind of work environment itself. You know, I really think that there's so much that they need to do to be able to mature what they currently have before they start branching off. I mean, seriously, yes, they have great messaging tools, yada, yada, yada. But, dude, get your core straight and strong before you start messing with this shit. Come on, man. All right, man. Uh, job growth report today. Uh, we're losing steam. Only added 98,000 jobs. Uh, predicted to get have 232, <laughs> I think. Um, is, yeah. this, is this economy as small as Donald Trump's hands? Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. So, so the, I mean, the yeah. The small so, hands uh, job report. Yeah, that's probably what it is. So it so last month's, you know, was, oh, yes, no, this isn't fake news. This is real jobs. And then you'll have this. So, um, you know, I don't I'm not really sure. I, th- I know Sean Spicer is obviously going to have to to field some questions about this. But today, the day is going to be carried by Tomahawk missiles. Um, yeah, they're, they're, this is a slump. Um from my standpoint, I think it's more entertainment value than anything else. I, I'd like to see how the administration responds. Um, we bomb, I just don't we know bomb that Syria. That's how we bomb Syria. That's how we respond. Uh, yeah. This this week, baseball season started. Are you optimistic? Boom. I, I well, I mean, after watching that grand slam, the 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 Indians put you know put put little little uh, little slice and dice on it man that was pretty freaking sweet how, how do you feel how you feeling about those indians you think they can make and run i like it man if they stay healthy i say bring on the cubs uh wipe them off the 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 mound uh this year and we'll have a rubber match uh next year dude that would be so sweet Chad, i enjoyed it. it uh if you're if you're still listening you'll notice this was a little quicker format a little uh faster paced hopefully enjoyed it we certainly did. Uh, we'll come back at you next week. Same as usual. Big outro. You bet, man. Have a, uh, a great weekend. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit HireDaily.com. Oh, and you're welcome. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.